So Post Secrets, a website where you can anonymously send postcards with your deep, dark secrets that your friends will never know. And every Sunday, they pick a handful of them to post on the website. And you can read all these like deep things that you'd never know about someone. So I remember getting together with a friend on the floor of her bedroom and we decided we were going to make some postcards to send in and in between like my postcard about my high school crush and probably something about not doing my homework um, I remember very very specifically writing on a postcard it kills me to think of how much more I could be and at 15, I recognized in myself that, that God had something so big for me and all I wanted to do was live into that and I just didn't know how to embrace all of me at that point. But I'm thankful she didn't give up because that's not the end. This broadcast is for the one who feels like she's too much. Hey, hey, love. Welcome to For the One. As you've heard, today's broadcast is for the one who feels like she's too much. Now, it almost feels like this is the most Jesus way of doing a follow-up to our previous episode because my lovely guest had no idea what we talked about last week. And it's just a really beautiful, yeah, like God wink uh, to know that this would be the most perfect conversation to have after we unpacked last week. And if you didn't catch that episode, it was for the one who feels like there's pieces of herself lost, right? And I feel like this is almost like a deeper dive into one of those components, um, feeling like that part of you that's lost, that part of you that maybe you've shed or you've let go of or you've reduced, um, you feel like she got lost and it's because you felt like she was too much. You felt like you just showed up a little bit too loud, a little bit too creative. And we're going to get into that. And I'm really, really excited. So today's broadcast for the one who feels like she's too much. I am joined by the lovely Allison Roche. And I can't say that she's from Cleveland, Ohio anymore because now she's uh, a North Carolina girl. It's like your yeah. first time being introduced as a Carolina girl. It this really is, is. I got my license in the mail this week and I'm, I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we met uh, when she lived in Cleveland here. I feel like I got to like send her off. Like just, I just became friends with her to then say goodbye to her. Um, and so it was, it was a really sad moment, but I'm really happy for her journey. When I think of Allison, the very first thing I think of is presence. And I haven't known her for very long. And I feel like even the interactions that we've had have been like short and sweet and, um, but then also super deep. And she's a woman that carries the presence of God. And there's this, I don't even know how to explain it. Like she just carries elegance and she carries grace. Um, she carries this, this delight that you know you're in the presence of like a faith giant. You know that you're in the presence of someone who 
has ideas, that has the wherewithal to do, it's like follow through on those ideas. And when I've been with her, I have felt so inspired to hear what God is saying and to actually take action on those things. And we've had a, a kindred spirit of this like love for excellence and we both love events. We love to create gathering spaces, but in that, not just gathering for the sake of gathering, but creating a space where there's transformation that can truly happen and pointing everything at that event towards transformation, towards this depth and meaning that goes beyond just that event. So we've had this, this shared passion for it. And I think that's what ultimately really bonded us. And I think that she does that in everything that she does. So she's a photographer and uh, her reputation precedes her. So she was, I would say like the premier photographer at our church because everyone would talk about, I didn't even know your name for a long time. It was like just this lovely light. She is amazing. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. She's so good. Like, and it wasn't just like, oh, she takes really good photos. It was like, no, like she captures she captures the moment. And, uh, and so she's a photographer. She carries that passion into her photography. Um, she has this beautiful event called Coalesce that will just blow your mind that you will have to experience sometime in your life. And again, just wrapping meaning and intentionality around these small intimate gatherings. Um, and she brings all of that into her work, into her family. She's got an amazing dog, dog, wow, daughter, Freya, who is almost four years old. And Stephen, how long have you and Stephen been married for? This year will be 12 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So she's got some marriage under her belt. This is amazing. And, um, and so yeah. why you need to, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So why you need to know her listener, like for the one who feels like she's too much, this woman that you are listening to, Allison Roche is going to inspire you to step out of your comfort zone in the most beautifully vulnerable way. And she's going to inspire you to be fully who you are. And she lives this message through her work, through her family, through her faith. She is a woman that has digested and lived this message and will serve to inspire you and move you into wholeheartedness with the Lord. And I am so excited to introduce you to her She's just a faith giant, man. You're going to love her. So, Allison, welcome to For the One. Thank you so much. Um, I have been looking forward to this conversation for a very long time, even though I wasn't always sure exactly what it was going to look like or kind of what God wanted me to share with um, with all of you. But I feel like this is, this is for somebody. And I... I want to treat this as the things that I would tell myself when I felt like maybe the first time I felt like I was too much. And that kind of like, that starts our journey when I'm very young. So I know a lot of others are, um, a lot of other guests or for the ones are um, kind of like dive into my life now, but I think it's so important to understand um, the way that I behaved and felt as a child, because I think the one who is listening that this is for is really going to resonate with that. So I'm going to take you a little bit through my childhood and kind of how I, um, how I first kind of had those feelings of being like maybe a little bit more than um, people are ready for. 
and uh, what that looked like practically in my life and kind of how I've overcome that and what I'm learning through all of it. So I'm really excited to to dive in. Um, so me as a kid, kid Allison, let's just picture it. Um, I grew up in a pastor's family. So my dad pastored a church um, from before I was born to about three years ago, I think he retired from full-time ministry. And I think that um, that shaped a lot of who I was as, as a child. And I know um, if you talk to a pastor's kid, our experiences are very polarizing. Um, some of us loved it, some of us not so much. And I loved it. Like, I felt like I belonged where God had put me. Um, but that also came with a lot of things that not a lot of other children have to handle. Um, so I often felt like I was the example of all of my peers and that kind of like spilled over into my school experience. So I, um, held myself to a very high standard in lots of different aspects of my life. Um, I felt like a leader young because if I'm going to be the example, follow me, I'll show you how to do it. Um, so yeah, so that was a big piece of it. Um, and then personality wise, I really found myself gravitating towards, um, the things that I found beauty in. So a lot of times that was what it looked like for everybody else. But I think the times that stick out to me are the ones that feel different. And I just kind of remember like looking at the stars a little bit longer than my friends did or, um, finding a song that that spoke to me and that I related with mm. and just like trying to learn everything I could about it. I wanted to know who wrote it, why they wrote it, what it meant. I just wanted to like dive as deep as I could. Um, I really related to kind of David in the Bible and his metaphors and the way that he wrote. And I think this is kind of where a lot of my passion for creativity came from um, is just like, I want to share Jesus with the world in a way that feels beautiful because he is beautiful. And if I am the daughter of the creator of the world, um, I want to be excellent in the, the things that I create. Um, so I, that's kind of something I recognize very, very young. Um, and the third thing that I think really plays into my childhood, and this is probably where I find myself feeling like too much for the first time, um, I felt hard. I felt happiness hard. I felt sadness hard. Um, a lot of high highs and low lows. And I never felt like something was wrong in that way. And I didn't necessarily mind feeling that way, but that's when I began to recognize that the people around me didn't always respond the same way to my emotions as I did. Um, I learned very young, mostly through my environment, um, not my family. My family has always been really wonderful and like 
a huge support for me, but through the church, through my school, through social environments, um, it just became clear that my emotions and curiosity weren't welcome. Um, so I think that was like the first twinkle in my mind that, hey, maybe I'm a little bit different and, um, maybe that's a part of me that not everyone needs to see. So sometimes my emotions became a source of shame and, um, yeah, that's off the notes. Uh, but I feel like that, like my my tears became shameful or my my deep hard feelings about things felt like a bother and i'm so excited for you to hear the end of this story because thank god it's not where it ends um i coped with these feelings of being too much um, by deluding myself when I had hmm, when I would meet someone I would ask them half the questions that I wanted to because I want to know people I want to know your story where you came from but the world around me asks questions that don't matter so I began to settle for the questions that don't matter um, the next time I would see someone, I would pretend not to remember the things they told me about them, even though I haven't stopped thinking about them since our last conversation. I didn't want to look like a weirdo or a creep or somebody who cared too much. I didn't want to be too much. Um, when, when I found things I enjoyed and I loved, I kept them to myself a lot. Because I knew that my enthusiasm wouldn't be met with a reaction that I wanted. Hmm. And so rather than disappoint myself when I was excited and wanted to tell somebody how excited I was and they rolled their eyes at me, I just didn't tell them. I kept everything that made myself happy inside. Um, I felt like I was exhausting people. Um, looking back, I can see that all I wanted was to fit into a world that I was designed to stand out from. And that just makes me so sad for the younger version of myself because I, I'm, I'm sad to think that people made her feel that way. Mm. And I want to be in a world where I lift others up and I bring that out of them. And I can see what God has called them to and the things that he's given them and gifted them that feel like burdens, but are so, so beautiful and so unique to them. And that that's a big part of why I care about people's stories, because I want to know what were you passionate about when you were a kid? Like, maybe it's time to go back there. Um, so my whole journey has kind of taken me down lots of twists and lots of turns, but all of it has taught me 
how to be where I am now. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was an early teenager. Uh, the first time I remember feeling like the plans that God had for my life were going to be really big. Um, specifically, I remember, uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Post Secret, but my friends and I in high school, um, we would wait every Sunday it, uh, to see the new secrets that come out. So Post Secret's a website where you can anonymously send postcards with your deep, dark secrets that your friends will never know. And every Sunday, they pick a handful of them to post on the website. And you can read all these like deep things that you'd never know about someone. So I remember getting together with a friend on the floor of her bedroom and we decided we were going to make some postcards to send in. And in between like my postcard about my high school crush and probably something about not doing my homework, um, I remember very, very specifically writing on a postcard. It kills me to think of how much more I could be. And at 15, I recognized in myself that that God had something so big for me. And all I wanted to do was live into that. And I just didn't know how to embrace all of me at that point. But I'm thankful she didn't give up because that's not the end. Mm. <sighs> Making um, me teary-eyed over here. Yes. I know, I was not exactly that. But emotions are welcome here, right? Thanks. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, so looking back on that moment, writing that down on a postcard, now I can see that that was God's grace just gently whispering to me. Um, I know now that God is saying, in order to do all that I've created you to do, you must first be who I have created you to be. I'm so grateful for God's grace through all of this because he designed me just the way I am. And he knew that I was going to need time to figure that out. He knew that I was going to have to take those sometimes years to really embrace all of me. And I don't think that I would be as effective in ministry and as filled with faith at this point in my life if I wasn't able to look back on that time and see clearly the things that I was not allowing myself to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful that like, like I said, like that was the first whisper or inkling inside of me that made me understand that, okay, I don't think everybody feels and thinks and loves the way that I do. Hmm. So if God made all of us different, maybe that's something I need to lean into instead of run away from. Mm. Um, more on that later. <laughs> so 
my 20s, even though I'd heard this whisper from God, and I knew that's kind of like, that was the start of where life would take me. I was 20. (laughs) And I was not ready to like, I mean, think of, think about your 20s. Are, do you know who you are in your 20s? Are you trying to fit in in your 20s? Like, no and yes. Um, so my 20s, I felt like were all about figuring out what God had called me to do because that was something actionable. I can put that on a list and cross it off. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for God. I wanted to to do the things that he asked of me. So I needed to figure that out. What does he want me to do? I'll do it. I, I will be used of you in any way you would like. So um, at 20 years old, I photographed my first wedding. And for the first time, I felt like I knew what God had called me to do. Um, being a photographer was what God called me to do. Now, with a clear destination, um, I had to work really, really hard to get there. Um, So I want to talk to those of you who, one, feel like you're too much, but two, feel like your calling from God is your vocation. I want to let you know that the road is not easy, but the road is worth it. When your calling isn't yet paying your bills, it's time to roll your sleeves up and get to work. And just because God has called you to something does not mean it is going to be easy. And if you want to contact me after this show, I could talk about the decade I spent floundering and trying to figure my way out of the crappy jobs I had, the situations I didn't want to be in, the times my newlywed husband and I were scrounging for money while I'm like choosing to go shoot a family portrait session instead of eating dinner. I can talk about that for a long time, but just know that if God has called you to it, you can make it happen with his help. And I could not have gotten to the point where my calling paid the bills if I had not fully relied on God to direct my path. Um, I knew the moment God called me to quit my job, to be able to do what I do full time. And it was before myself before I was ready. Mm. He's like, nope, you're ready. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm not. I have a mortgage now and I can't quit this like consistent paycheck. Do you see my bills? And he's like, no, I told you and I need you to step out in faith and then I will show you the math or part of it. Um, so just listen to him. If he has, if he has called you to it, he's going to make a way. And it's going to look dirty and messy and not Instagram worthy most of the time. But if we truly believe that our first calling on this earth is the Great Commission, 
is to follow Jesus with all of our hearts and to bring people in our lives to him, what is anything else? What does it matter? So that's just like my little sermon for the week. Um, But I'm going to give you like a little glimpse into my 20s. We're going to fly through this, but I want you to see kind of God's hand weaving in and out of my story in a way that is so graceful and merciful and compassionate, even when I didn't deserve it. So um, 20, I photographed my first wedding. 21, I married my husband. Um, We had a brief, comically unfortunate stint in Pittsburgh before moving back to Cleveland, which was what I wanted to do anyway. Um, And at this point, when I moved back to Cleveland, I started working at a law firm to pay the bills until I could go full time. I had no clue how transformational this job was going to be for me. Um, It was the hardest job I've ever had. Um, Not because of the work, but because of the people and because of the environment. Um, So this is going to be your little reminder of how unpretty transformation can be. Um, I remember coming home from my first day working at the law firm and looking for another job. I said, I cannot do this two days. This is going to be awful. And I didn't get another job. So I stayed. Uh, this place was crazy, you guys. Like, crazy. Um, the stories I could tell. <laughs> but do you remember when God, when I told you, like, God gave me a lot of emotions? Well, they were all very present and very unwelcome in this law firm. I spent countless lunch breaks in my car, like crying for an hour, trying to get myself back together to go sit at my desk for five more hours. Um, it just, uh, I, I prayed and prayed and prayed that God would get me out of there. Um, and if you want to talk about what, I feel like the one that I'm talking to, the one who feels like too much I feel like she's in the trenches right now. I feel like she's trying to live out her calling in a way that feels divided and doesn't feel like she's a whole person right now. And if you want to talk about what the trenches were like, I'll talk about it with you. I'll talk about how I got through it with you. I'll talk about it, how faithful God was, even when it felt like he wasn't. Um, I'll talk about it. So I spent over four years working here full time. I would take pictures in the evenings. I had weddings every weekend. I spent my lunch break responding to inquiries. Um, I did not have a moment to think or eat or be. And I am not telling you this is how it's always going to be. I think I neglected a lot of parts of myself that I shouldn't have, but I didn't know another way. I knew what was on my list. I knew what God gave me. And 
the harder I worked, the sooner I could get there because I was still in the, what am I doing for God? Not who am I for God phase. Mm. Um, I felt so, so divided. My calling of being a photographer wasn't welcome in my workplace. They, I didn't want to share it with them. They didn't want to hear about it. They didn't care how hard I worked the night before. I didn't talk about it. But I also felt this tension of if people are going to hire me to take their wedding photos, they want to know that I'm good enough to pay my bills doing this. And I'm not. Or at least I didn't think I was. And I don't want these, these lies to dictate your steps. That's a lie. Like, people don't care if I work a job during the day and then come to their wedding on the weekend. That is not the litmus test of my talent or my skill or how well I'm going to serve you. So those were the kind of, like, thoughts that were coming into my heart and my mind. Um, when – so – When I was at work, I didn't feel like I could be myself. When I was taking pictures, I felt more like myself than ever, but I didn't feel like I could share what my real life was like. Um, And here's where the transformation comes in. In these awful, awful years, I realized that if living the life my coworkers were living was what it looked like to fit in, then I wanted to run as far away as I could. Like, if all these parts of me aren't welcome in this place, then I want to go where they're welcome and celebrated and where I can be my full self. And if it wasn't for this job that I prayed away and I just wanted nothing to do with, I don't think I would have seen how much of myself I had let go. Mm. And so for that, I'm really thankful. And if you went back in time and told me while I was sitting at that desk answering dumb phones that I would one day be thankful for this, I never would have believed you. But I truly, truly, like that time in my life is what brought me here. Mm. Um, I just have to say to My differences and my I, yeah. I want to point something out that you said because I feel like it's so tactful of the enemy that it's like these two extremes. Like he just goes in these very obvious extremes in his attacks. And it's like what you're saying that there's this one extreme that I'm just too much. I'm too much. And then there's the other extreme of, but I'm not enough. Yeah. So you're, you're hyper aware mm-hmm. of where you're too much. And then you're hyper aware of all the areas where you feel like you are not you're not meeting the standard. You're not hitting the grade. And I, I felt like that too. Like you're just, you were just speaking to me where there's never this happy medium of just walking peacefully in who you are and in what God has called you to, because you're just always living in the outliers of, well, maybe I'm too much, or maybe I'm not enough instead of just walking forward. And I, I think that the one listening, like you said, in the trenches, you are always in that push pull. And so you feel the anxiety 
like a pendulum just back and forth of like, yeah, in this space, I'm too much in this space. I'm not enough. And you just go back and forth and there's, you get dizzy going back and forth like that. And I, I think there's a lot of women who are just yeah. stuck there and can't even see straight because they're in yeah. the exact position that you were in and that yeah. I've been in. Mm -hmm. Right. I mm -hmm. want to, if, if you're the one who feels like she's too much and feels like she's being pulled in these different directions all while trying to chase after what God has for her. I want you to take a look at the things that God placed in your heart, whether that is your personality, whether that is a dream that feels too big, whether that is something you've never shared with anybody. That feels like where God wants you to be. And he might not be taking you out of the trench yet. But if you can be assured that's where God wants you, fixing your eyes on that makes it all worth it. Hmm. It's like Peter in the boat. Like, Look at Jesus' face, and these waves and this water does not matter. And start focusing on the trench, and you'll drown. Hmm. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. This is where the story gets happy now. Um, when God finally made a way for me to leave this job and pay my bills with this passion and this deep, deep calling he had given me, my focus slowly began to shift from discovering what God called me to do to not becoming, but returning to who God called me to be. Hmm. Returning to that young girl who just wants to see the beauty in everything who wants to lead and be used by God and to love things with her whole heart and to show her emotions and to be excited to tell her friends what she's doing and what she's into and what God told her. He showed me that returning to her was being my full self and no longer trying to dilute myself and mask and cover all of these things that I have used to try to fit in to this world that I was designed to stand out from. And that these things that felt like too much or felt like they were unwelcome are the very things he has given me to be and do and reach the people and the things that he has called me to. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the doing, it is about the being. And when I am being who God called me to do, all that I do is what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think about that. Um, I'm just, I'm struck by even the source of the creativity or the ideas. And I think when we're focused on the to-do list, it's so short-sighted. And it feels like that has to be the idea that puts us on the map or the idea that brings success instead of, like you said, focusing on 
who has God called me to be? How do I cultivate the creator that he has created me to be? Because if I'm, if I'm fully aware of who he's called me to be, the ideas then are endless because we can just keep talking because it's an identity. It's who I am. I'm a creator or I'm an event planner or I'm an author. There's, if we tap into who he's called us to be, then the ideas aren't as scarce. They're, they're not as, um, yeah, high stakes as my friend Jenna would say. Um, it feels like, okay, God, this is just a natural expression of who you've called me. Yes. Yes. Like there's no striving in it anymore because you're just operating in who you are. Right, this is right. so, this is speaking to me because I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's very, and it's also, um, a discipline because it doesn't feel, hmm. you have to learn then the muscles of crafting and protecting the gifting that he's put on your life. And you mm-hmm. understand then that I have, this is a yes. discipline. It's a muscle that I have to learn my creativity and I have to protect what you've given me, what you've cultivated in me. And, and I think about that even with right. writing for me, you know, that it, it was a really long process to figure out how Laura worked to come up with like workshop ideas or book ideas or topics or message prep. You know, I would try to like force it out, like squeezing, you know, grape juice out of an orange. It was just really unnatural. But then I finally learned that, okay, like I have to really get into a creative space with God. I have to just talk to him. And as I talk to him about my life and what I'm experiencing, then all of a sudden it's just like this dam that breaks open that like the Holy Spirit just rushes in. And that was me learning, okay, if I'm going to be a communicator and I'm going to be a great and excellent communicator, I have to cultivate my identity as a cultivator, as a, as a communicator. It just, it made the biggest difference in the world. So yes and amen to everything that you are saying. It is so vital to our journeys with the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And when I am in tune with who God's created me to be, and I'm in tune with in tune with the creation of myself, I'm in tune with the creator and I'm listening to his voice more easily and I'm learning things from him and I am walking with him. I'm abiding in him because for so long I was denying parts of his creation, even within myself. And now that I'm recognizing all of it, I can be full and whole and complete in my relationship with him and my walk with him. Yeah. So I would really, really love to talk about um, who I've learned that God's created me to be. And Mm -hmm. if I can take some liberties here, maybe who God's created you to be as well. Mm -hmm. Um, While reading through these while listening to what I have to say, if any of this resonates with you or you feel like you've been shoving any of these things deep down inside of you for too long, I would love to talk through this with you. I would love to be a resource because I don't want anybody to waste the time that I did or to recognize later than she needs to all that she's been created for. Mm. So first, God has called me to be a dreamer and a doer. I know that I'm the one in the room who's going to need to be brought down a degree or two, and that's okay. I know that when I'm in a group, 
I'm the one bringing the ideas and it's somebody else's job to calm me down a little bit. And he made other people to think logistically and practically the way he's made me to think creatively. And this speaks so much to his desire to live in community. Because without the girls who bring me down a little bit, I would be chasing after dreams and events and planning things that aren't possible. And without me to dream a little bigger, I think these things that I'm a part of wouldn't be what they are. And so Mm -hmm. when we are able to recognize these things in each other, the power that comes from that, like Mm -hmm. that is what the enemy does not want happening. That is when the enemy isolates us and leads us to believe our gifts are not as valuable as hers. And that is straight up lie. And if we can gather together as women who love Jesus and who believe that Jesus has created us to be together and to do good together, and we can live in a way that fosters these things he's created inside of us, the depths we can reach, I, we're unstoppable. And I'm going to give a little shout out right now because as Laura mentioned, I just moved to North Carolina. And, um, I have already like gotten to be a part of like this powerhouse group of women who are doing everything they can to call that out in each other. And I have never experienced anything like this before. And I cannot wait to see where God is taking all of us. And community, like, changes it all, girls. If you are living in these trenches, if you are covering up these parts of yourself and don't have anyone in your life to call them back out of you, that is a priority. You need to find women who you can trust with these precious things that when you go tell them how excited you are about this dream God has given you, that they're reaction is excitement and encouragement and an offer to help in whatever way she can. And if your friends are the ones thinking you're crazy, I think it's time for different friends. Like you need the women who are going to build you up when you feel like you've gone as far as you can go by yourself. So just a little side note. Find I just love that you just dropped that right there of like Laura. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Not in the notes, ladies. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that's when you know it's the Holy Spirit so, who's like, get new friends <laughs> if they're not encouraging you in your faith. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Can we write all of this, please, right now. And I think um, I think even just to uh, say real quick, because I'm gonna say real quick, because I think this is really important that um I feel like even recently the Lord has been showing me through other people's stories of experiencing uh, faith or circles of faith or um, families of faith in this other level. I didn't realize how much I not only craved it, but how much I wasn't experiencing my own life. And it's interesting because I think what you're talking Mm -hmm. about of that community of women who sees bigger 
who hopes for bigger, who has faith for bigger, and who is able to see in you when something is lying dormant to pull it back up, I think we often don't realize that that is a real thing. (laughs) We don't realize that that is, there are real people who really do that for people who really are that fierce about their community. And I just want to encourage like the one who is listening, I think maybe you felt like you've been too much because the people that you've been around have kind of become apathetic to that. And you feel like you're the loudest one or you're the most excited one. And I feel like, yeah, it's almost this like strength to strength, glory to glory. There are other women out there. They exist that you can plug yourself in. And maybe you just didn't even know you were settling in your life in many areas because you thought this is the best it's going to get. And Allison is telling you it's not the best it's going to get. Maybe you need to lay it down and stop settling so that God can open up your hand to ask for more. Right. Right. And just um, like a practical way that has come out that I definitely did not expect in my close circle in Ohio, I was the only business owner, which Hmm. like, whatever, everybody has their profession. But now this group of women that I have become a part of we are all like chasing after something. And for most of us, it's a business of our own. And for some Mm. of us, it's a ministry or a nonprofit or, but for everybody, it is something that is like, they are deeply passionate about. And I think, um, I think that has brought something out of me that I didn't realize needed brought out. And so Mm. maybe if, you're the one who feels like she is too much in the room she's in, maybe you need to find a different room. Hmm. That might be all it takes. So Hmm. very much. Allison, you are legit going to make me cry right now. (laughs) Yeah. I want you in my room, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I I feel like there's, Mm. um, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's just, yeah. These moments when you're in the room and you're like, is this it? Is this all that there is? Like, am I, am I going to be the one that's always bring stuff to the table? Am I going to be the one that's like fueling all of this? And there are those moments when, especially for leaders. Yes. Yes. And there's that moment when you're like, okay, is there a cart ahead of me? Are there people ahead of me? Are there people around right. me? And I think, like you said, that there's the one who, who feels like she's too much is often the leader. And she's like, but where are my other leaders at? Mm-hmm. Where, like Moses had Aaron and Joshua, right, to hold his arms up. Where are the people yeah. that are there? And and they yeah. shouldn't be. And I don't think that they're a rarity anymore. I think that the Lord is waking women up to that. And it's our job, like you said, Allison, yes. to, to recultivate the land so that what you're talking about, the hope and the transformation is a part of our normal lives that we would up the ante of expectation of God and who he's called us to be. Yes. 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 And when we see other women living into their calling, like maybe that's just the permission you need to do the same. Like surround Mm -hmm. yourself with women who are trying to do the things and trying to be who God has made them to be and 
maybe you shouldn't always have to be the leader. That's for free. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, yeah, that, that's, mm, okay. So <laughs> the first point was God has called me to be a dreamer and a doer. So I'm dreaming. I'm always going to dream. I'm learning how to better dream, but it can't stop at the dream. What good is the dream without the action? So he has given me so many tools from so many unexpected places to make these dreams come to life. Um, at the law firm, I spent a lot of my time proofreading legal contracts, like mind numbing work. But that means now that when I have a proposal to send or when I have an idea that I need support for, you better bet I know how to write that proposal. Like that is a tool that I learned at that job that is helping me be exactly who God wants me to be right now. I briefly worked as a marketing director at another company and I was paid to take courses on social media marketing. And why don't you take a second to guess how my clients find me? It is social media. Like that is how I learned. So don't feel like the time that you spend in the trenches is wasted because you never know what skills you are obtaining or what people you are meeting that are going to help you to be and do what God has asked of you. Hmm. Number two, God has called me to feel things very deeply. The strong emotions that I didn't know what to do with as a child, they are exactly what makes me a compassionate and caring friend. And when I mask those things, I am not being the friend that I need to be to the people around me. I need to live into that. My people know that I'm the one the tears are always welcome and safe with. If you need to cry, you're doing it on my couch. And I'm doing it with you because I I cry when I see people cry. And we're all going to have tears. And it's all going to be okay because God made us this way. And we're not going to let anybody tell us otherwise. That's that. Um, number three, God has called me to lead. I am a leader. And that came out as a child. And that is still in me. Throughout my life, this has looked differently, but I have noticed that the enthusiasm I have for new ideas that is pretty unbridled now because I let myself feel deeply and I let myself show my excitement for things when I'm excited about something that looks like an open invitation to those around me to join what I'm pioneering. And if I hid that excitement, would the people believe in me? Maybe, maybe not. But I need that to gather my people to get the work done. I need my logistics friends and my analytical friends and my know-how friends to join me. And you better bet I'm going to be excited about it. Like, if you're joining me, we're doing it happily and we're going to have fun and I'm going to make you work, but it's going to be worth it. So I need the people around me. We're all going to push each other forward. Um, and I think this one 
is maybe my favorite and the one that I'm like learning in new ways again and again. But God has told me and put inside me a desire to turn the mundane into the beautiful. Mm. And the years I spent doing things half-heartedly for fear that my too muchness would show are gone. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. If I'm throwing a party, you know you're going to have a custom place card and a goodie bag to take home. It's going to be a theme thing. We're having a themed menu. Like, we're doing it. Why not? Like, Mm -hmm. why not? If I say there are going to be snacks, it's going to be a curated spread of everything you've ever told me you love. Because I listened. And I'm not scared for you to know that I listened. These days, if I'm not doing it all the way, I'm not doing it at all. It's not worth it if I'm not putting my whole self into it. And if I can't put my whole self into something, then maybe that's not where God wants me to be anyway. Like, I bring every part of me everywhere I go now. And this is the first year that I feel like I know how to do that. And when I was praying about what 2024 was going to look like for me, my family moved to a new state without knowing hardly anyone just before Thanksgiving last year. And our whole life is new. Our, our, our circle is new. My daughter's school is new. Our jobs are new. All of it. And this year... The word that I heard over and over and over from God was whole. Like you are finally going to be whole and a compilation in this beautifully written composition of everything that I've made you to be. Before I was like, like notes here and there and maybe a phrase or two. And now I'm like the symphony. Like I am here and I am whole and I'm ready to show you what I am and it has been so freeing so I want to take a second um to talk to you about how I have found freedom in all of this because I think if you're anything like me and you have felt like too much you feel like the burden of having to restrict yourself and not show your full self is tethering you down. Hmm. And I have learned that in order to flip that, I need to recognize those things and live in the opposite. Like if I feel like I'm too much in the way that I appear. I already feel the rejection I'm going to get. So why not live into it? I am not scared to start new things because I already think people think I'm crazy. I'm not scared to like wear clothes that other people aren't wearing because I'm different and that's okay. Like the freedom that comes with embracing all of who I am 
is something that I have never experienced before. And it, I like part of it's like, uh, I'm in my thirties, like I'm growing up. I figured out who I am. I'm comfortable with myself, but it is like God's grace in revealing all I am and all he has and just holding everything with open hands saying, God, here is what I have. Do with it what you will. Mm. Um, I want to fast forward to my life now and just share a little bit about the places God's taken me and the things that he has entrusted to me now that I am practicing my wholeness. Um, so I have a husband of, it'll be 12 years this year. Um, and my beautiful daughter is turning four and you know, her party is going to be extra. Okay. Pictures to come. Um, I have, I have a really successful photography business that I could not have. I could not have built without his help. Um, it's been a decade now doing what I love and now I get to lean into opportunities to mentor others to do what I love to do. And that feels like such a blessing. Um, our family just moved to North Carolina because we feel like that is where God is asking us to use our gifts and skills next. And every day has been confirmation that we did the right thing and we're where we need to be. I mean, like that group of women to begin with, like, man, I could talk about that all day. Um, And I, most of all, am learning to hold everything I am and have. That means holding when I cry more than I want to, holding my childlike excitement holding my sometimes I share too much holding my weird proofreading skills and my social media knowledge that I wish I didn't have sometimes and just saying like God make me who you want me to be do with all of this whatever you want to do through me so I want to take a minute and talk all about you. I want you to find a place where you can be your whole full self. And if that's by yourself, great. If that's in a closet, great. And I just want you to think about these questions. I want you to close your eyes and think about the times you've been told through people's words or their actions that you're too much. Can we recognize for a moment that that is the enemy? Because everything you are and everything you have is what God has made you to be. What passion, desire, or dream did those words or actions take from you? Write it down. Where in your life have you deluded yourself? Where you know there's more that you're scared to show for fear of being too much, being embarrassed, or being rejected. What skills and tools has God given you along your windy path? And where are your dreams that feel like they're too much? Hmm. What do you need to hold out to Jesus with your open hands today? 
what do you want him to uncover? What do you want him to remind you of? Who do you want him to bring in your life? Do you need an encourager? Do you need a leader? Like, just take a moment and think about and pray for these things. And I just want to pray with you, too. God, you made me and you made the one listening to live a passionate life. You desire for our lives to encompass the wholeness of who you've created. You have led us through a path that has given us knowledge and skill and talent that we wouldn't otherwise have. And we recognize the times that we feel like we're too much, our lives from the enemy. Your precious creation would never be too anything. We are doing the world a disservice when we dilute ourselves because of fear. We hold all that you've given us with our hands wide open to you. Have your whole way with everything we have to offer. In your precious and gracious and merciful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I feel like I've just been like sniffling into the microphone for the past like half hour listening to what you have to say. It is welcome here. Your sniffles are part of you, Laura. I know. I know. I usually, I'm usually the one telling women, like, you're, you have permission. If I cry, you have permission to cry. Um, yes. I, I think even, so I'm thinking about uh, just like that little, like Jesus, Jesus picturing that you just did. And what came to me was um, a moment when I preached at our church and um, your old church now. Mm-hmm. And um, my pastor had a recap with me after. And he was like, he's like, I only have one note for you. And he was like, there's a part when you apologized and you pulled back. And he said, don't do that. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like the woman listening, uh, there's a moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that you, like, there's a woman who, who can remember that moment of, um, feeling like, oh yeah, I pulled back. I just, I kind of yanked myself back or I stopped myself or I apologized and I said, oh, sorry. You know, even if it's just that quick, sorry. And I feel like even for you to imagine that with Jesus of like, what does it look like for him to say, you don't have to apologize anymore you don't have to hold back. And then what does it look like for you to not hold back? Like, what is the moment that reliving of that, where you just fully stepped into it? Like you, you just preached your heart out and you didn't apologize or you went for that event and you just planned it with, with every tool that you have in your bag or you, you, yeah, we're just fully yourself and what you wore. Like, what is the redemption of it? And that's, I think what you're talking about is like imagining the spaces where you feel like you've been diluted and then reimagining it with Jesus what does it actually look like for me to be fully who I am and then be that? And, uh, and I know that, you know, maybe you've never had that physical moment with someone where they've been able to say, Hey, don't do that. But this is that moment when we're saying, Hey, don't do that. You can be fully you. Right. It's okay. Right. And it may right. be a little bit scary, but you can do it. Yeah. That's so good, Allison. Oh my gosh. Well, if this, I'm probably the one 
for this episode. So I'll just claim that right now. I'm the one who feels like she's too much. We could have done this private. I mean. Heck yes. Heck yes. Oh, yes. So if this bless you, if you're also, if we're, we're both the ones, um, if you would let us know, like Allison said, um, you can direct message me on social media and Facebook, Instagram, Laura K. Dudek. Um, you can always email me as well for the one all spelled out at lauradudek.com. This is all in the show notes as well. Um, and of course, two things, you can leave your story as a review on any, like on YouTube, on podcast platforms, that would be amazing. And you can just email the lovely Allison yourself. We'll put all of her info in the show notes so you can reach out to her on social media. You can email her, all those beautiful things. And you can just have that one-on-one where you can just cry together and be too much together. And it's going to be amazing because it's going to be exactly what you're supposed to be. Yes. Breakthroughs all day long. Yes. Allison, is there there anything else that you want, any ways that you want to connect with these ladies? Anything coming up? Yeah, sure. So if you want to follow my um, photography account, I am at this lovely light on Instagram, just like it sounds. Um, But I also have a new little venture um, that God's given me with my open hands. Um, And I'm creating some like art and ceramics and just like living into my full self um, at vessel and virtue on Instagram a brand new account um and i'm excited to see where that goes too so north carolina is bringing all kinds of fun new stuff my way and i'm here for it heck yeah that's what the carolina sunshine does to you just makes everything bright and perky (laughs) so good um yes so allison thank you so much for spending some time with me with this woman listening this is such a gift and um yeah, if this if this blessed you, please let me know. I really I ask that sincerely. We want to know. Um, if you would take a minute to rate, to review, subscribe, all of that helps the beautiful little algorithm. And I always say that if this wasn't for you, if you're like, yeah, this was really good, uh, but you're just an active listener, but you know someone who this is for, would you share this with them? Would you send this as a text message or as an email or even just like share on Instagram or something? Um, would you just get this in their hands because? This is maybe something that women don't talk about all that often. You know, it's like very rare, even like you said, Allison, that it was your secret. It was like your top secret thing that you felt like you were diluting yourself. And so maybe there's even a prayerful way that you can ask the Lord, who is this friend of mine? Who is the sister? Who is, you know, maybe it's my mom who feels these ways. And you just need the Lord to kind of give you that nudge that like, this is something that they're actually really processing and maybe they just haven't talked about it. So That's a little challenge for us this week as we go forward. So thank you so much for listening. We are so blessed that you gave us space in your heart and in your ears. And we pray that this week there is tremendous breakthrough, that you would fully just wrap your arms around who you are, who God has created you to be, and that ultimately then you would live open-handed to say, God, whatever I am, all that I am, may it be used for your glory. So for the one who feels like you're too much, you are not too much. You are just enough in the kingdom of God and in Jesus's eyes. So we love you. We will see you again soon. Bye.